Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll teach you to be aware of how you come across to others. I'll also be interviewing Salman Raza, who leads trainings and workshops on leadership and soft skills. With decades of experience, Salman's work provided him with a better understanding of our various emotions and behaviors. In today's episode, we talk about his latest book, Life's Nonconformities, an auditor's tale of practical applications of social, emotional, and behavioral strategies that teaches readers how to nurture their inner awareness and surroundings to develop deeper, more rewarding personal and professional relationships. For more information about Salman, please visit salmanraza.net. You may also purchase his book through your favorite bookstore. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Being aware of how others view you. When I was younger, my dad told me that we judge others by their behaviors, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Often, we have great intentions and we want to help people, but sometimes our behavior doesn't necessarily demonstrate that. I remember when I first started Lifeology, every day for six months, I did a video on YouTube and I practiced my craft. The funny thing was, was that so often I thought that I was showing kindness or showing joy or other emotions, but when I saw myself on camera, I realized I didn't really demonstrate what I was feeling. And so thankfully, I was able to practice that over time. And hopefully now, people understand my emotions much better than before that. It's the same type of thing with you. I'm sure you're very effective with communicating with your words. But if your body language doesn't demonstrate that, you might be getting a different response than you intended. One of the biggest things I do tell people is to look at yourself while you're talking. For example, if you need to speak with your boss about something really important, practice it in the mirror before you go to work. Or practice it once you've parked in the mirror of your car. Because the more often you can be confident that your facial expressions are equal to what your words are saying, then you know you're communicating effectively. The thing is, we all communicate. But often our communication isn't as effective as we think. For example, if you say something and someone responds in a negative way, it doesn't necessarily mean you didn't convey yourself appropriately. It just simply means there is a disconnect between what you're trying to convey and what the other person understood. In psychology, there are 15 common thinking errors. A thinking error is essentially like a lens we use that filters what was said. For example, if someone always has to be right, that is considered a thinking error. So in psychology, we teach that whatever you perceive to be true, in other words, what you think about, determines what you feel. What you feel determines how you respond. So with one of these common thinking errors, if someone uses one of them, that is where the disconnect happens. So that's why it's so important that if you talk to somebody and you feel a spike of emotion rise up within you, more than likely you use one of those thinking errors, which clouded what was actually conveyed to you, and then you allowed your own personal stuff to get in the way. So that's a rule of thumb. Anytime there's an overreaction or even an underreaction, in other words, a person shuts down, somebody unfortunately didn't convey themselves correctly or someone misunderstood what was said. So that's why anytime something like that happens, hopefully 
you're able to stop the conversation and simply ask the person, what did you hear me say? And then when the person can repeat back what they heard, you're then able to say either yes, that's correct, or no, let me try this again. And so when you can continue to ask that question, you'll see that those thinking errors aren't as common and you're able to have effective communication. So remember, we judge others by their behaviors, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is Salman Rasa, who is a biomedical engineer by degree, an auditor by profession, and a reformist and visionary at heart. He leads training and workshops on leadership and soft skills, meeting and teaching a thousand new people every year. With decades of experience, Salman's work provides him with a better understanding of our various emotions and behaviors. In today's episode, he and I talk about his latest book, Life's Nonconformities, an auditor's tale of practical applications of social, emotional, and behavioral changes that teaches readers how to nurture their inner awareness and surroundings to develop deeper, more rewarding personal and professional relationships. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I am looking forward to this. You reached out to my website and wanted to be on my show. So thank you for, for obviously listening to my show. But I was really intrigued because an auditor, many people don't know that. And so I really want to, I'm excited rather about the show because I will bring psychology together and you'll bring your experience together to help people really understand how to enact with other people. So what is an auditor? Well, uh, thanks for that opportunity. The auditor can be used in different different uh, contexts. Uh, primarily, a lot of uh, time people associate auditing with financial auditing. Uh, but I personally, I'm in medical device regulation. So my job as an auditor, uh, we uh, go to medical device manufacturer, and then we assess and make sure that the device they are uh, making uh, they meet the, all the regulations and they are safe to use. So my job intrinsically is to go and make sure that the uh, device safety is intact before they come into market. So that's what we do as an auditor. Wow. And that's a lot. That's a lot. I don't say liability, but that, that's a huge job in the sense of to be able to make sure that whatever the device is, is where it's functional and can obviously help the people. Because if not without that, of course, there would be a lot, of, um, a lot of damage that way. Exactly. So it's our job to make it safe. Yeah. How did you take the, your, your background as a biomedical engineer, as an auditor, and how did you transition into leadership and teaching soft skills? Uh, interesting, because uh, being an auditor, we I was traveling uh, every uh, week and meeting new people every day, and uh, the interaction uh, 
uh, is very important and effective mm-hmm. communication is very important. So yes. uh, we work under very tight deadlines and time constraints and mm-hmm. you know the, by very nature of this job you have to inform people that you don't meet and there's a million dollars at stake because they want their products out as quickly as possible and yeah. we are saying no you uh, your product is not safe or not meet that so that communication becomes very very critical uh, so yes. finding the ways of making it more effective so that people don't take it personally people work with you rather than against you. Um, so a lot of times in my previous um, years gone by when I hadn't learned these techniques uh, uh, and a lot of people in my profession, they are the enemy number one because they always tell people <laughs> what they don't want to hear. Uh, so so my inspiration and motivation was just to not to be seen or fe- felt as uh, as the enemy number one i'm i'm and there and my objective is the same to save the safe patients um, uh, and safe use of the device lives yeah Wow, that that is amazing. I always like it how life just gives us opportunities. So here you have your background, but the more awareness you have as far as the interpersonal effectiveness and the the communication styles, you have this awareness to be able to say, wait a minute, there's there's something here. And so from that, your your life evolved or the you're the amalgamation of who you are today. And so that's wonderful to see that once again, the lesson for all of us is that when we're at one in our life, if we if we have more observation, a lot of things we'll see. There's probably more that we can do. And that's how we can level up, if you will, to the next chapter of our life. So I want to transition into your book, Life's Nonconformities, an Auditor's Tale of Practical Applications of Social, Emotional, and Behavioral Strategies. I was reading the information that you had sent me, and it's interesting because this, this book is really for anyone when they start their career, from the very beginning of the career to people who are later on you know, in the, in the C-suite or managerial roles. And I love that because it's so important because we all have... We are, we're all somewhere on that spectrum. And so I love the fact that your book really reaches all, all of the individuals. When you, when you wrote it, you were pretty authentic when you talked about your own struggles. Tell me a little bit about the, your own struggles and how you understood that, this, that there could be, I guess, more, more effective communication. Absolutely. This is the most important thing uh, that I wanted to communicate, that I, I don't uh, project myself as uh, infallible. And I don't project myself that I know it all. Uh, and the prime objective of this book is that the mistakes that I have made, uh, people learn from them and then try to not make those mistakes. And so the whole idea is, uh, I'm sure you will talk about it and people are talking about it, leading with vulnerability. So yes. when you when you, uh, when you you show your vulnerable side to people, you become relatable. So people say, ah, I know, I like this uh, because I can see myself making the same mistake or I have made those mistakes. So the whole idea of uh, the idea of this book and communication is be authentic. I'm not infallible. I don't claim that I will never make those mistakes again. I continuously make those mistakes. But the whole idea is let's join uh, and um, uh, learn together and grow together. Exactly. And that's one thing I really appreciate you saying that because that's one thing that's for me as well as being a quote expert. So I, people may not be able to see me with my hands are in quotations. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to be in that role because I make a lot of mistakes all the time. And it's when people put you on a pedestal, you will make that mistake and be like, oh, look at you. And it's like, no, I'm no different than you. I just happen to talk about this every single day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
In your book, you talk about, well, I'm going to uh, say a few things, but we'll get to each one of those. You talk about the Myers traits um, inventory. Um, and then you talk about that. You talk about the ego strengths. You talk about interpersonal effectiveness. I want to go through each of those. So we have, we have probably about 20, 15 minutes to be able to talk about those things. So I want to really focus on those because there's so much that your book talks about. And I don't want to minimize it because there's, like I said, so much meat in there that anyone who reads this is going to be blown away because you've done so much work. Of course, as, as an auditor, you've did your, your homework and then some. <laughs> Let's talk about the ego strength. What does that mean for you? So people under, conceptually understand what that is. Yeah. So I, I feel uh, ego management is one of the most important aspect and a lot of times mm -hmm. overlooked. Uh, we all are born with ego and we do need that ego because that gives us motivation and inspiration and confidence and all that self-esteem. However, if we uh, let that ego uh, uncontrolled, uh, we put ourselves in unnecessary conflict uh, scenarios. Uh, so just to give an example, if we were riding a horse, we need to be controlling that horse rather than other way around and horses taking us. Mm -hmm. So we do need that horse because we need to go far away, but we want that horse to go where we want to. Uh, go rather than so ego has the same same uh, impact we need to control that otherwise once our ego is triggered our rational mind stop working and then we start yes. uh, behaving uh, reactively and uh, a lot of things we say and do that we um, later regret uh, because our rational mind was was uh, at the back uh, uh, back end and uh, ego took over. So being aware of my ego, my triggers, and all the things that we hear, um, it helps us uh, become aware of ourselves and people around us. Yes. And I, I want to piggyback enough that as well. I always like to think of this as before you do anything, I always ask yourself, what's, what's my motivation or what's my intention? So at the other side of it, how do I want to feel? What's the outcome I'm looking for? And so when you can be aware of that, then when you do have that trigger of something, because we all get triggered by something, when we do have that, that spike of emotion that comes up, they're like, oh, I need to prove myself or I'm going to be right or I'll show them. All of a sudden that goes away from the direction or the rather, in other words, the objective that I had. And so when you can come up with the awareness prior to that, for example, we talked about the objective of the show prior to that. And so we both have a track of where we're going to go. And so I think when people can really be mindful of what is the objective for any interaction, any, any conversation, when they can with gain set their intention that way, they'll know that when the ego does flare, and it probably will, they can make that choice to go in the direction of the ego, or they can manage it and, and realize that I still want to accomplish this goal. So therefore, what are the decisions and what are the things I'm going to do to be able to make sure I can accomplish it? Absolutely. Uh, vision. Vision is very important and objectives, as you said. So vision of life, vision of company, a personal vision, whatever vision, and then that drills down the mission and then the individual situation. Uh, we have an objective, as you said. So we need to make sure that we align, okay, this is what I uh, want to achieve and make sure that we uh, stay on track. Uh, the other thing I think it's very important um, to add here, uh, sometimes we have to um, disassociate the behavior uh, with us. So, for example, mm -hmm. I'm not angry. There is an anger in me. So once I start yeah, I like uh, that. feeling that way, once I start training my brain, I'm not angry. There is an uninvited anger that has in, um, infiltrated in me. So once I say anger is not me, it's just in me. So I need to 
take it out. So I'm a neutral person. I can be emotions comes and go. So once we are aware of our emotions and the triggers that uh, uh, that brought those emotions inside me, then we are aware and we know how to handle and manage them. Yes. I, I want to go back to the whole thing when it comes to vulnerability. How can you, can a person still have an ego and demonstrate ego, but also demonstrate vulnerability? Is there, is there a Absolutely. A there is. Everything in life has to have balance. But the main thing is that we don't give impression to our counterparts that I'm any way or shape or form better than them. Because that's that's put the uh, my counterpart into defensive mode and their ego triggers at some point. And once we are at level field, then it's a rational conversation and then we can learn from each other. Uh, I'll give an example. I have covered that in my uh, book. Uh, at that time, a few years ago, my daughter was five at that point. Uh, we are sitting together and she came and she just gave a comment and she said, Daddy, you look fat and ugly. <laughs> and I looked at her and we all smiled and I kept smiling after that. And then subsequent to that comment, I start reflecting why I didn't feel uh, threatened, why I didn't feel enraged. Yeah. She has those words, if said by anyone in the world, including my wife or anyone, it would have triggered my ego and I would have been <laughs> raging. But then on reflection, I realized I'm at peace with her. She is not competing with me at any levels, conscious, subconscious. At any level, I'm not in competition. She's not competing. I'm not threatened by her, her presence. So that peace of mind, I know it's a utopian uh, state, and we may not achieve that with every individual in the world. But that utopian state of mind made me stay calm in my senses, even though very outrageous uh, expression was shared with me on my face. So that is what we are trying to achieve. If we become more and more aware of it, uh, the probability of achieving or getting close to that state is a lot higher. And then we manage uh, a lot of situations in our favor. And, and, I don't know how old your daughter is now, but do you ever tell her, do you ever bring that up to her later? I, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, she, uh, she, uh, uh, funny enough, I lost a lot of weight after that comment and I took it seriously. I lost 35 pounds and then she, she, she now says, I didn't mean that. I just said it. I want, uh, the old you, but anyway, so that's, um, that's so, cute. so that is, uh, but I think I love the fact that, you know, you had that recognition and you weren't outraged where you could have with other people. And so to have that awareness, it also goes back to, I think, confidence as well. When you have confidence of what you know you are versus what you are not, then you have the ability to allow things in or not. And I think that goes back with personal boundaries and personal awareness of the concept of who I am. I am this. I am not that. And so the recognition of what do we allow in versus what we don't allow in, I think really speaks to one's ego strength, because if ego goes outside of a quote, the boundary of what what is us to protect ourselves or to defend ourselves? Well, we're, we may not, we may have some self doubt that we didn't realize was maybe a blind spot. So if I'm like, oh, well, they're saying this about me, well, let me reflect on that. Do I think that's true? Is that true? And so that's, a, I think, at a, a time of self reflection to say, I thought this is me. I thought I was really powerful and strong in, my, in who I am. But if I'm allowing someone else to trigger me, 
let me take a moment to do self-reflection and say, well, what do I really believe about myself? Because at the, in the forefront of things, or in the, the periphery or the superficial aspect of it, we know who we are, but if there's something within us, we maybe we haven't really looked at that enough to say, wait a minute, that, that doesn't really resonate with me. So if I allow someone else to trigger me, maybe that's my own inability to be as introspective, not inability, but my the like I said, the blind spot to be as introspective as I could be. Absolutely, and 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 the 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 management of ego. So it's it's directly linked with the self esteem and confidence. So if someone has triggered that or tried to trigger that, my self esteem and my confidence should tell me, I know I am better than that. I don't need to get involved in that petty conversation. So that confidence, yeah, so you can say or believe what you want. I know who I am. And I'm better than this. Mm -hmm. I don't need, you cannot drag me into where you are. So I will behave as I want me to behave. And yeah, I don't get perturbed by uh, if you are uh, saying um, uh, bad things about me because I know who I am and what Mm -hmm. I am. Exactly. I love that. I, I think that's so important because we often, in many cases, we know who we are, but then other things, you know, like I said, blind spots or things people can say can enrage us. And so that, that is something just at whatever level people are in their life, nobody can control us unless we allow them to control us. I want to transition into the Myers-Briggs. Tell people more about that um, because I'm interested to hear what your, your philosophy or thoughts are regarding Yeah, well, um, uh, Myers-Briggs uh, type indicator is one of the tools. It's not the only tool. There are several tools. And uh, I have used that in my book as the uh, because we had to choose one, uh, but there are several others. Mm-hmm. Um, the the before we do that, if we if we were to imagine our existence in a pyramid or a triangle, uh, the base of a triangle is universal. So every human being is born with universal instincts. So we all we got hungry, we got thirsty, we have emotions, we have all those things. So that is universal. Everyone has it. Um, and then the in the middle, uh, it's cultural uh, things. So that's learned. So let so people around me practices around me that that uh, is cultural and I learn and that can be uh, unlearned or learned differently. So that's culture, and then at the top of the pyramid is personality. That's 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 me, unique to me. Uh, so we we move from groups, smaller group, and then person. So Myers Briggs um, is one of the tools that help us identify uh, about self-awareness, what I am, what my preferences are. And then once I understand myself better, then I can say, okay, there can be other types. Of course, there are other types. Once I know what my preferences are, I know how to navigate as per my uh, preference. So for example, uh, I'm an introvert person. Uh, a few years ago, I um, I I was not a public speaker. I I hate to be in public uh, spot, uh, but once I became aware, okay, this is my preference. I get energized um, in my own reflection, and I need uh, my personal time. Uh, but I know people uh, opposite me; they like people around them to get the energy. So I now tell myself my prefrontal activity you 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 understand that i have taught myself when i'm in public eye i need to behave outside what's not natural to me but i have taught myself to do that now it is more draining a lot of extrovert people they find it natural it comes naturally to them they can do it day and out without even thinking it when i have to do it 
it takes a lot of me. So I, I get drained very quickly. So the awareness of personality types, it doesn't change you as such, but it gives you opportunity to improve and be mindful and act differently, which which you previously didn't know. So, so there are several things. Of course, we don't need to go into details of uh, 16 different uh, uh, aspects of Myers-Briggs, but the general uh, principle is become aware of yourself, where you are, what your preferences is, and once you know your preferences, how you're going to interact with those preferences so we can um, um, get that done. I really like the fact that you bring in one's culture as well. So if, if I'm speaking to someone who has a different culture than me, my understanding of how the conversation is going to go may be different. So the I, I gesture a lot. You can people who can see me right now on, on, on camera, they can see my hands are moving a lot. And that's how I talk. That's how I that's how my mind processes, that's how I think, and that's that allows me to orient my thoughts. Where other people may not do that. And so for I know in some cultures that can be considered um, can be considered rude. And that can be considered inappropriate. So there's lots of things that one has to be aware of when they interact. So I love the fact that not only are we looking at one's personality type, but the acculturation aspect of that, of how do I connect with someone else? So not only is a culture can be from a country, but a culture can also be the family culture. My family culture may be different than your family culture or than the people who, who live next to me. And then that can, that can be my, maybe my town's culture is different, um, then my state's culture is different, my, my country. So it, it moves itself out. So not only do we have to look at how we look at the world in our own culture, but the understanding of the other person's culture and to be aware that their culture is just as wonderful and beautiful as mine, just may be different. And so it is really reading the room, if you will, and the nuances of how to interact with people in a healthy, effective way. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, culture is a group group phenomenon. So wherever there is a group, there will be a culture. So when you compare nations, the nation culture, then organization culture and family yes. culture. So yes, absolutely. When I was thinking about this as, as we were talking is I, I really like the fact that your book, it comes from obviously uh, your, I love the fact that your book comes from a place of all of your research, all the, all the stuff that you've done, and it, it combines my world, your world, and everyone else's world together to really understand that everybody can understand this. Anybody can do this, meaning they can learn this rather. And so when you learn it, you'll see the efficacy of your conversations. You'll see the efficacy of your interactions and the efficacy of just everything you, of your life in general will level up. So I really want my listeners to understand that this book, I, I really, I highly endorse this book and I, I really can't wait for my listeners to purchase it. So one more time, Life's Nonconformities, an author's tale of practical applications of social, emotional, and behavioral strategies. So Salma, with that in mind, thank you so much. I'm, like I said, we flew out of time. If my listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase this book, where would they find this information online? Yeah, thank you. Uh, book is available in all global uh, major outlets, including Amazon. Uh, you can also get the book from my website, salmanraza.net. Uh, and uh, happy to um, people to learn and become aware of the topics that we have uh, covered. Excellent. Most importantly... It's not about text only. It's it's the Correct. practical application, my yes. personal story. So you'll hopefully find relatable. Which I'm, I'm sure they will. Salman Raza, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today. I My listeners also know that if they can't find this information in any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you all with Salman's information and also where you may purchase his book. Thanks again, Salman. I appreciate it. Thank you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, 
watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.